0: Hello and welcome back to our podcast, School Buzz. Today we're talking to Dr. Marietti. He's our brand new superintendent and we're very excited about having him join the Lancaster School District. So Dr. Marietti, can you give us a short uh, bio about yourself?
1: Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Paul Marietti. I grew up in Hacienda Heights, which is in the San Gabriel Valley on the east side of Los Angeles. I'm the fifth of six children. And the first. First one in my family to go to college, actually. Mm. Received a degree in, in history and eventually a master's in history and taught social studies in the Los Angeles Los Angeles area for about 14 years before moving up to Ventura County to be an administrator. I received my administrative credentials from Azusa Pacific University and my doctorate from California Lutheran University. And I, uh, up in Ventura, I was assistant principal, principal, an assistant superintendent, and then um, three years ago, I went up to Fowler, which is um, about 10 minutes south of, of Fresno, and became the superintendent of Fowler Unified you know, School District. Did that for three years. And now I'm back in L.A. County. I'm glad to be back in L.A. County. And uh, happy that I was selected to be the superintendent of Lancaster School District. So you were a history teacher at the high school district or middle school? I was a secondary uh, history teacher, uh, high, uh, high school, U.S. history, world history government economics teacher. I taught uh, English language learners as well as AP. I do also do have a special education credential, and I taught two years of special education uh, uh, special day class. With that credential, I was lucky enough to do some team teaching and special education in the social studies department, um, where special ed teachers and social studies teachers could work together and team teach, which was nice. Very
0: right, good. How, um, how many years did you teach?
1: Well, 14 years. 14 years, okay. Uh, I coached varsity baseball for 14. Oh, So I've okay. also been
0: yeah, uh, getting paid pennies on the dollar, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: my wife, my wife didn't retire from a, being a baseball coach because we were losing money. Right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Every coach I ever met is like, <laughs> I make what, about two cents an hour. <laughs> you still live in Southern California. Do you live in the area yet,
1: or are you? So I'm excited because uh, I, currently, I currently reside in Camarillo, California. Um, so I've been making a long drive, about an hour and 20 minutes up. Up to fourteen. However, uh, just this morning, I put in an offer oh, on a house in Lake Hughes, oh, okay. and so we're just—I'm just waiting to hear back. Hopefully, I'll hear back today. Um, but excited uh, that I would—you know—that would make it so that I'm only about 15 minutes from work. Yeah.
0: So I'm excited about that. That'll be nice, and you'll have to get used to our high desert up here because it's—it's yeah, very different than the Camarillo. Yeah. <laughs> so, why did you decide to become a teacher? And then an
1: administrator. I was I struggled as a, as a student. I, I I had what they call hyperactivity in the 1970s. <laughs> I think they call it ADHD now. Um, but I struggled with focus in school. I, I got in trouble a lot. Um, I um I didn't have very good grades. And um, I think as I went up through elementary school and the middle school, I. I had teachers that were there for me who really um, kind of saw the potential in me um, and believed in me. And so although I was uh, struggled academically and behaviorally, um, it were those individuals who really um, kind of helped shape me and make me um, see the importance of education. And so I think that really rubbed off on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also the first person in in my family to go to college, my, my mother really wanted me to go to, to the university, uh-huh. so um, my mother really pushed, um, first she wanted me to be a priest, okay. um, <laughs> and that was my first call, <laughs> but then I, um, but she wanted me to go to the university, and so I did, and, and at the time I didn't really understand options, I, I for a lot of us coming up, I don't think, especially a, a first-time college goer, We don't really have that idea of we can be a doctor or we can be a lawyer or we can be a businessman. Those things that were really, I don't know if they were, we felt they were unattainable. They just didn't seem like they were within our wheelhouse, Mm -hmm. you know, and we didn't, I didn't have anybody saying I could be those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Teaching was something, well, history was something I I always found super interesting um, and really enjoyed. And so when it was time to pick a major, uh, I picked history because it was something I, I knew I could do and do well, and I enjoyed it. Um, and when you look at uh, uh, employment with a history degree, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of options. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of why I got uh, got into teaching mm-hmm. and uh, love teaching because because I'm very animated and um, I have a lot of energy. So it was a way for me to kind of expel that extra energy. Um, and the thing I will say about being a poor student, it made me a good teacher because um, I got better, by the way, as I got older, I got calmer and I was able to do better in my grades. I do have good grades uh, and I was able to get a doctorate. So that shows I, I, I figured it out. But I think for, for me as a teacher, um, when students were misbehaving, when students were out of their seat, when students were running around the room, when students were um, being disruptive, I had a lot of empathy and sympathy and understanding of those individuals, and I um, I could work with them, um, whereas uh, a lot of teachers, because they tended to be uh, good students, mm-hmm. sometimes they expect their uh, students just... To be like them why can't they sit still why can't they do why can't they go home and do their homework why can't they get good grades i did it yeah. i was good i paid attention whereas i knew yeah i know how hard it is to sit still i know how hard it is
0: but i think being a male in the classroom um sit, many of our teachers are, are female um, a lot of the a lot of elementary teachers are female and i think being a male understanding that boys don't always sit still they need a little more activity they need a little bit more movement. Um, probably made you a lot more sympathetic to those the that kind of learner and I
1: really enjoyed teaching I
0: really thought I was a good teacher so so you were successful as a teacher you liked it what made you then say hey I, I think i am going to try administration
1: there are some factors um, you know after after my, my 14 years I kind of I kind of felt like um, I could do more um, I noticed that the administrators that were, uh, that were um, above me in the school system weren't necessarily supporting what I was doing. Um, they were managing the school, but I didn't feel like they were, um, they even knew really what I was doing. Um, nobody really took an interest in me. I always I always reckon it to like, um, you know, I would see the... Uh, The Apple Awards on TV, where teachers would get an award. Like there used to be a national
0: awards on television. Still
1: televised at all. And I would think, well, they don't know. They should come to my classroom or my friend's classroom. We're doing great work here, but it seemed as though that nobody really knew what we did, and um, and there was a lack of of really support. And so I began thinking, you know, I'd really like to be the the administrator that I'd want to have supporting me. you know, I believe in servant leadership. That was one of the things that drew me to Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and in servant leadership, is is you don't you don't want to lead because um, you want power, right? Or you don't want to you don't want to take an administrative position because you want to be the boss. You want to take an administrative position so you can serve other people, so you can so you so you can um, help them grow and develop and support them, get them what they need, so that they can be more successful. And that's really um, how I approached administration. I I felt like I could, with my experience as an educator, um, I could support people and help them do their job better. And I could reach more people um, and more students in that capacity. So that's what really drew me to, to taking on a, an assistant super, assistant principal role. Mm-hmm. And it, it really was everything I thought it would be. I had a wonderful time supporting teachers mm-hmm. and students and learning. I think the best probably the best job is an assistant principal job because any a real tough decision you have to make you can always just hand it over to the yeah I, don't know. I,
0: have this. I remember when i was a, a principal that because i like going in classrooms i'd go and sit and teachers like why are you here and i'm like because I, I want to see what's going on and then they would start telling me oh i'm going to do this cool experiment can you come during this time oh i'm going to do this can you come during this time so that was kind of cool because they would they, they'd know that i wasn't they're judging teaching
1: either. i was excited about what was going on in the classroom and i think that seems like that's your your yeah, um, And I think for, for us as educators we know look I, i've had many a day where i've i've failed as yeah. a teacher um if you walked in on any given day you can see it, uh, the most amazing lesson you've ever seen or probably one of the, one of the weakest um because we're not perfect right and if we're really growing um and we're really um trying to grow as professionals we're going to take risks in our classrooms and we're going to fail. And that's okay. The last thing you want to do is open a file cabinet, pull out a worksheet, blow off the dust, and burn <laughs> the that, right? That's not what we do. We have to continually be growing and, and developing as educators. Yeah. Even today, you know, I mean, I, this is my 30th year in education. And there's so much I need to learn. There's so much more I can learn from students, from teachers, from uh, other administrators.
0: Yeah, there was some those super creative people out there. They're just like, Oh my gosh, I never thought about mm-hmm. that. That's a cool way to do it. Yeah. So, big question: Why did you choose to come to Lancaster?
1: So, uh, in choosing Lancaster, I was looking. Um, I was looking for a position closer to home. I wanted to be back in Los Angeles County. Um, I was looking for a larger district where I could um, kind of continue to grow as a leader. Um, I was looking for a district that was um, stable and had a, a solid um, and also also had room for improvement. Mm-hmm. And I would mentioned that I truly believe in servant leadership, and really that is something that Lancaster is, is known for as far as their administrators, is really serving their community, serving their students, serving their staff, their um, both classified and certified staff. So um, there are a lot of reasons why. Um, that, it, that Lancaster drew my interest and um, I'm really excited to be here because it is everything that um, that uh, I, I thought it was was super um, solid individuals um, professional smart, hardworking um, staff. Um, that's what I've noticed first, first and foremost yeah we have some um, great staff members there. A great feeling of community great feeling. I think everyone's pushing in the right direction. Right? Everyone knows that we're all about children um, and focusing on improvement. Um, and we do lots of things really well. Um, that being said, there are a lot of avenues where we can get better and that's really what I'm here to do. I'm not here to, to revamp Lancaster or change <laughs> Lancaster. I'm here to see the, identify things we do well and continue to provide resources and celebrate that. Focus on areas where where we can improve and get better. Great, so
0: that moves us right into the next question. What is some of your first goals as superintendent?
1: My first goal as superintendent is to is to listen and learn. That's that's really been my goal. I've been here for exactly one month. Um, Today's my thirtieth. Yeah, I started <laughs> July one, so it's the end of. The month. Um, and what I've done since coming here is really meet with people, talk to people, listen to people, and ask questions. Um, try to get an understanding of what are the things we're doing well, what are the areas where we can grow, what what they feel are the directions we need to go, um, what role they feel I play in the organization, what role they play in the organization. Um, so just really asking a whole lot of questions. Um, I think, you know, us being in, you might have seen that in our executive cabinet. I I just I just ask a lot of questions because yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I seek to understand um, the why behind what we do. Mm-hmm. And so once I've done that, and that's going to take a while, that, that's going to take me about 100 days to really get a real good foundation of understanding as to where we are and where we need to go. And then my hope is to take all that information that I've gathered, take all that understanding that I've gathered, and really develop a... Three-year strategic plan for the district moving forward, mm-hmm. so that we all can um, participate in, uh, we all would participate in developing that plan, and then we would all move together down the road. And really, the goals that would be placed into that strategic plan would drive everything we do, whether it be our LCAP, our local control accountability plan, or SIPSa, our school um, school SIPSa school.
0: I haven't done one in a while. School Bruno school,
1: plan. school plans. School, school plans, for SPSA, um, and uh, and everything we do. And then we can we can always ask the question, whenever we are about to do something, how does it how does it fit in our strategic? Plan?
0: So you said your leadership style is servant leadership. Why did you why did you land there? I think
1: it's because I didn't ever, when I was, in. Uh, deciding to go into education i never at any at any point uh in the first 10 years ever even considered being an administrator Mm -hmm. i was a teacher um i thought i would actually always be a teacher so so i didn't go into education thinking i'm gonna just um, rise through the ranks and you know i i thought uh you know, having, being the first person in my family to have a bachelor's degree was, was an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just slowly progressed and slowly progressed. And so the desire to, to be an administrator really came from a desire to serve, not, not the desire to, to, you know, um, not, not a desire to be the boss mm-hmm. not a desire to implement what I think was right I don't I, I really I really do believe in collaborative collaborating around um, issues and coming to a consensus and working together um, so so that's really why I believe in service leadership it really comes from a, a, a place of the heart mm-hmm. um, to really want to do, do better and make things better and I've always been somebody that likes to improve things um, you know I like to leave things better than I found them I, I like to build, right? I'm mm-hmm. a builder. I, I like to take something that maybe is broken and fix it or can be improved upon. Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that I've always, you know, whether it was, you know, coaching a, a team and trying to make them a little bit better or um, developing skills, right? Mm-hmm. Or educating students and watching their growth over time. Servant of leadership really appeals to me in that.
0: Very lucky to have you here. We're excited about uh, some of the changes that you want to do, some of the the ideas that you bring, because when you're in cabinet and you're asking why, and people are like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> why is he asking all these questions?" <laughs> but but it's good to examine what we're doing and why do we do it that way? Well, is it just because we've always done it that way, or could we improve the system? Could we improve what's going on?
1: Absolutely. I love I love the dialogue. Right? <laughs> so I always tell people um, sometimes when when you know you go into the principal's office or the superintendent's mm-hmm. office. You, you do more listening than talking and you might be hesitant to, to speak your mind or to speak your truth or to engage in maybe a dialogue on something that is not my I want you to uh, I want people to tell me if I if, if I've made a decision or if I have an idea that just seems coming the wrong way I want people to say hey, hey no I totally disagree that doesn't work and so I'm always open to hey change my mind tell me where I'm off tell me what am tell me where this doesn't work or why this won't work or mm-hmm. how we can do it better so I really I really encourage um, and want that dialogue and that and I want to have that conversation
0: and I think that's important for people to hear because sometimes they think the superintendent's just going to make decisions and that's it but when they know that they're they you'll listen to their side of the and think oh wait a minute I didn't think about that or oh that's a good perspective I haven't heard um, I think that's a great way to be a leader.
1: Yeah, and I think it really derives from, you know, being in the classroom and being on the site and understanding that sometimes as a, you know, when you're a teacher, you see things through your classroom door mm-hmm. and it can be a limited view. And so I remember as an educator just being like, why are we doing that? Yeah. Right? <laughs> that really doesn't work for our kids. Who made that? And I would always think somebody way up in the district level who doesn't know what I deal with every day is making that decision and um, they're nuts. They're crazy. <laughs> and then you, you become an administrator and you see the world through your principal door and then you, you, you have a, a wider lens, right? Mm-hmm. You have those frames um, um, you know the political frame, um, mm-hmm. the educational frame you know um, and you can see, well, I can see why now a little bit more why they're making the decisions they're making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may not agree with them. Uh, but I can understand the why. Um, and then when you get to the into the district level, you have this really really wide angle, this really wide view, um, greater understanding. My goal is to never forget I was a teacher, never forget what teachers and, and, and our classified staff do on sites every day. Never 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 forget um, that the most important thing we do um, as an organization, occurs in a classroom between children and teachers that's the moment. we all serve we're, we're all we're all um, in the service of that work
0: exactly right?
1: we're all support staff right
0: for the classroom yeah
1: we're all support staff whether you're the custodian or the superintendent um, you're supporting what's going on in that classroom and making it possible to have those connections um, and so never forget that Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure that you're putting thing, putting programs policies procedures in place that are going to directly affect student learning and what's in the best interest of children.
0: Exactly. Well welcome to the district. We're super happy to have you here. Thank you. So much. Thank you.